0: I can't believe there's no Doctor Who this Christmas.
1: I know. When I read the news, I could hardly believe my mince pies. It's terrible. Christmas won't
0: be Christmas without
2: Doctor Who. They even chopped down a tree in last week's story.
1: How will the nation
3: cope without carols from the TARDIS, eh? Carols? Yeah, you know, Caroline
0: Ford, Caroline John, Caroline Skinner. The angels will be weeping. You know, the last time I watched It's a Wonderful Life... I swear they said that every time the cloister bell rings, a weeping angel gets its wings.
1: I can't imagine the festive season without Chester to roasting on
0: an open fire. Or oh, Nick Frost nipping at your nose.
3: Yeah, not to mention the first doctor's favourite period in Earth history. Hmm? Oh, what's that? What's that? uh, mm? it's, uh That's rain, dear. Isn't it? Hmm,
0: Chesterfield. Yeah. Mm? Ah. Mm. And of course, there are some Doctor Who traditions that are almost synonymous with Christmas. You know, like a big fat turkey, such as the Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe.
1: Terry Dix's chocolate orange. Simply tap, unwrap and enjoy a wonderfully confected yarl.
0: Ah, uh, and Ducart Mulled Wine.
2: An unusual blend of ingredients that hints at greatness, but you crash out before you discover where it's all heading.
3: Gold chocolate coins at the bottom of your stocking? That'll give the Cyberman and your family a yulter they'll never forget. No, oh, yes...
0: Of course, it's tempting to think now that Doctor Who was always on Christmas Day, but it happened once in 1965,
3: Feast of Stephen,
0: which is uh,
3: actually on Boxing Day, and then nothing for another forty years until the Christmas Invasion,
0: and then there were thirteen Christmas specials in the new series era.
1: Well, um, twelve specials and then the rather all read Twice Upon a Time,
2: and then the return of Doctor Mysterio. So it wasn't very Christmassy.
0: Nor was The End of Time, Part 1. On the other hand, Doctor Who on New Year's Day has a pedigree that's almost as old, stretching right back to Volcano. That's Dalek Master Plan 8. Indeed.
1: In Day of the Daleks, Episode 1.
0: And who could forget the Face of Evil,
2: Episode 1, where the Doctor and Leela all went on holidays to Costa Blanca? <laughs>
0: I wish I could
1: forget
3: The End of Time, Part 2. And of course the uh, TV movie was set on New Year's Eve, 1999 into New Year's Day 2000.
1: With
2: pantomime villain Eric Roberts.
1: Who is. Boo-hoo. And um,
2: Paul McGann, who's um, Doctor Who career is. Um,
1: it's uh...
3: behind him! Oh, no, it isn't! Because he's he's still working for Big Finish.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you see what I did there? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plug, plug. Yeah. And we'll just have to wait and see whether Starbust magazine's right and that Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker have made a New Year's resolution to leave the program
1: mm.
0: Okay, hello. It's a big A up and welcome to episode 5 of 13Cast. I'm Richard and here are Giles. Hello. Paul. Hello. And Simon. Hello, everyone. So, yesterday was Advent Sunday and later on we'll get the chance to discuss whether this series of Doctor Who has arrived yet. But first, (laughs) it's time for our regular accents quiz. And this week, it's Who's from Lancashire? Yeah. You see, you see what I did there? Oh, no, who, who, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Simon, are you ready for this? As it So, first up, we've got um, Tilly Steele, who played Willa in oh, yeah. in, in The, the Witch <clears> Finals. <throat> so, so, where's she from? Is she, is she from Lancashire or not?
1: Nailed Good. on Cast iron Lancashire.
0: Yeah, I reckon. I wouldn't
3: dare to guess. Uh Well Go on. No. Yes.
0: Well <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you're quite right, Paul. It's yes and no. Well, quite. Um, she she's she's from she's from Barrow, Barrow and Furnace, which is <laughs> in Cumbria. Uh-huh. However, um historically, uh, it was part of Lancashire. Oh
3: right. Um she was, I thought you were going to say she was born straddling the border somehow. I don't know.
0: Quite an image. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some straddling went on. There's no answer to that. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Siobhan Finneran, who played Becca.
3: Yep. Uh, out of Lancashire or not? Oh, dear. Yes. No. Y-
1: <laughs> mm, Yorkshire? How
0: can I see straight through the Costa del Punjab And you can't get my head around a few accents. Well, she's, she's got to be Lancashire. Simon, you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's she's from Oldham. Um, um Show me the way, yeah, way to so Oldham. She she which we I mean that's only just Lancashire, but it but it certainly is Lancashire. Yeah, so um she was telling, she kept she doing a sort of posh lancashire she was sort of working uh, class girl made good wasn't she in this mm. but uh, but there's definitely a, a hint of it in the background hmm. What's
2: story in you like to know?
0: Anyway all that japery takes us into the witchfinders so uh, if any of us can remember it because it's uh, a little bit over a week ago now perhaps we should talk about what we thought about that Who wants to kick us off?
1: That was in Lancashire, wasn't it?
0: It was in Lancashire. I'm (laughs) going to roll. I think
3: we should comment in a descending order of who made the most notes on the episode in question. So I'll see you all in half an hour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was a historical, I thought, good historical film. It felt authentic. You had grimy, grimy shirts. had a fantastic album pone. James the mm-hmm. First. Very regal and um, encamped it up magnificently. I, it all felt very gloomy and threatening and dark, just as any witch story should be. Um, I loved the reappearance of the psychic paper, where the doctor passed the South Sapphoff as the witch finder general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um appearance of the aliens, that was a nice that was a nice twist. Um, as ever, they're all disposed of a bit easily in the end, which is a shame because the story build up. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I think that's a great really historical story, and it mm. had a nice blend of science fiction and alien menace. The I'll be a bit, you know, as ever, it's been a recurring theme through these because I, I do think we need to crank up the menace a bit. See mm. chats.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I. Um yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it so it's again um yeah, it seemed seemed like a very good I can only echo really what Simon said had a nice vibe to it um personally, I found it pretty well paced um I like the fact that they actually held off, and for the first fifteen twenty minutes or so until the tendril appeared um we you know I was starting to think, are they actually doing a pure historical here because it's mm-hmm. it seemed like a setting where. Where they could get away with doing a pure historical, um, and the witchiness would lend a certain element of supernatural, kind of e- yeah. enough Doctor Whoishness to not to not really kind of shock the audience. Felt like something where you could sneak in a a pure historical by um, you know undercover, as it were. But um, but yeah, no. So I quite I quite like that. So I like the fact that it kept you guessing until. Until you saw the mud moving and thought, oh, okay, right, there is something going on. And I thoroughly enjoyed the performances. I felt Alan Cumming's performance was the kind of meaty guest performance that we've rather been missing this series. I kind of wonder mm-hmm. where, where Art Malik was in episode two because he seemed to yeah. he seemed to you know send his rather duller double, whereas mm-hmm. we we all know he can <laughs> he can do a tremendously over the top. Um, and which
1: performance would work which
2: which is uh yeah so it's rather funny that he was restrained and it really rather brought that back to me that he he was rather underplayed for a for a big name actor um and yeah it did feel like this was the kind of big performance that's that one wants along the you know along the lines of simon Galloway's Dickens and and various others that we've had um, over the over the years, so it was very much all about him. But I also I thought personally the other thing I, the other thing I liked was that um, up until about the last ten minutes or so, I was thinking oh, so the so the aliens are going to turn out to be misunderstood or so on, and I quite liked the fact that they um they were just out and out villains mm-hmm. and had to be put back in their cage as it were, and um, so again, we, it's nice to get some unre, unredeemable nastiness hmm. um, again for a change.
0: Okay. So I've liked the historicals probably as much as any of the other episodes this series. They've, they've probably been my three favourites. But I'm going to say the same thing for a third time, which is going to bore people a bit, which is, uh, you know, I felt the historical bit was very good. And then the alien element was kind of, you know, jacked in again. It, it sort of again felt like the least well thought out aspect of it for me. Um, and as as Giles was suggesting, it felt to me like they could have gone with a, a purely historical setting, and it would have been interesting. Anyway, we'll go into that maybe in a bit more when once Paul's had a chance to say what he thought.
3: Yeah, I think actually you've put the your finger on it for me. I've been trying to think why it is that um, I'm so glad you you lot enjoyed it more than I did. I don't. <laughs> I um, it seemed to have all the elements of something I should have liked, and I don't know why I came from it away from it feeling a bit ho hum at best and slightly irritated around the edges. I, I what a misery guts I am! It <laughs> had all those elements that seemed more like a, a traditional Doctor Who story, which, um, while mm. I, I hope I haven't given the impression I want it to be old school every week, it occasionally would be nice. And it had them. It had proper monsters, who aren't just uh, who aren't just doing things their own way, it has mm-hmm. chewy guest stars i mean you know I, I thought I wanted old-fashioned guest actors to come in and rip the part up but i wasn't hundred percent convinced by this is these are just details that it was i wasn't convinced by either Alan Cumming or um the woman from from Downton Abbey. I don't know why. I just f- sometimes think even the best actors we have now seem to be acting as though they're in a children's programme rather than... So it produces a slightly different perf- style of performance from what, what I'd prefer. But, yeah. yeah, I with I agree with what you said here. The, it's yet another of those stories where the elements are all there and they don't really come together for me. I didn't feel the same as you about the previous two historicals. I thought they were the sort of subjects they were dealing with required the science fiction to be understated and almost there as a to serve the examination mm-hmm. of particular historical periods. This one, it would have been interesting to see if they could have written a well, an in depth examination of the social and political underpinnings of which. Witch hunting and witch trials in in the seventeenth century, but they didn't. Mm. They they occasionally leaned into that as if they were going to, but ultimately it was just a bit of lip service, wasn't it? To the
0: yes, I mean. My, so my concern was it felt like the alien conclusion let um, King James and Becca Savage, for that matter, off the hook a bit mm. in that. You know it. it you know essentially what 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 we all believe now in terms of these witch trials was that it was picking on a bunch of women who were you know fairly harmless and in some yep. cases actually quite helpful in terms mm. of healing people and
3: they'd already established that earlier in the episode that um, yeah the one which we know uh, was just a, a healer
0: yeah <clears throat> uh, and and yet now it seems like actually they've uncovered a, a nasty alien plot which if they hadn't um you know, concentrated their efforts on it might have been a problem. Now, I mean, clearly they wouldn't have been able to fix it unless a doctor was there. Yep. But it, it, it it's kind of suggesting that actually there was something behind it, rather than that, that rather than that yep. there wasn't. This is a pr- thank you.
3: This is a problem. I can't. I'm not going to name examples, but it's a problem that pops up occasionally in the in science fiction and in Doctor Who, where you try they try to have their cake and eat it. It's like mm-hmm. a story which would be, which for example might be. Predicated on telling us that there are no, there is no God. There are no. That's the writer wants to tell us there's no God, but to tell that story, he writes in aliens with godlike powers. So, mm. so the religious nutters in the story this person would be telling are right and wrong, because they, <laughs> from their point of view, how can they tell the difference between a, between the the specific God they think they're worshiping and these these aliens? Is the Star the Star Trek issue? And here we have the same thing. If there was no witchcraft, if there were no aliens in this setup, then King James and um, sorry, what was the other character's name? Becca. Becca Becca Savage. We would be able to concentrate on the fact that they are in the wrong. That these the things they're imagining say more about them than about the people that they're they're transferring Mm -hmm. their fears, projecting their fears onto. This just muddies the waters when you bring real monsters into it. Because, no, they aren't witches. The the specific old women that they drowned weren't witches. But there are witchy things going on. There is magic. There is evil. It wasn't Satan, but it was something that... How could they be expected to know the difference? That just irritates me. And I think it fundamentally flaws the the whole story. Because, I mean, you could tell an interesting story if you had more time. You could take that apart and rebuild it. But this story Mm. just doesn't have time to do that. So...
0: I mean, there there is a there's a slightly nuanced thing with with Becca because she she cuts down the tree because she wants to um spoiling her view and then in doing cutting down the tree, then she releases this um, alien, you know, and, and things start to go wrong. And then to cover her tracks, she then accuses a whole bunch of people of witchcraft because that's kind of easier than facing up to it. But you know, it still doesn't let King James off the hook. And it's it's not entirely clear what how she's, you know, she she can she can kill as many women in the area as she likes, but it's not going to solve the problem of the fact that the, the, that she's caused the mud to get a- animated. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure what Did she's she th- what she's trying to achieve.
3: Did she think it was going to help, or was she was she just going through the motions? Did she explain? Hmm. Ooh. And also the details at the end, the details of. Who these eight creatures were, why they were there, how they were manifesting themselves. It just didn't all fit together for me. Living mud tendrils, prisons in hills, witches. It's a story about witchcraft where the monsters are, are zombies. It's all just a bit confused and needed a bit more, a bit more ironing out in, for me personally. With my script editor, script hat on. Which is not a real script editor's hat, by the way. I am not a member of the Script Editors Guild of Great Britain.
0: This is one I made. It's a hat that I
3: read script editor on the front in felt
0: yeah. tip.
2: He's wearing it he's wearing it
0: now, listeners. Yeah, yeah. We we are still promoting your, your bid to be script editor. Oh yeah, okay. Um, in
3: that case, cut that last bit out. It is a real <laughs> sc- Well <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. So Giles, come back at us. You you you, you, you were positive and, and we've we've we, we started and now you've, to now complain. Now
2: Chipping away at my positivity, I don't no, know. I mean, I, don't, I think the the um, I think the issue, you know, know I think sometimes when we judge these things, there's it's it's an interesting thing because it's come up with regard to a couple of things that we mentioned in the last episode on, you know, on like the framing of who had to be the villain in, like in Demons of the Punjab, and and indeed the the sort of, politically mixed messages of um Kablam, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think it's it's this problem of if you want to do a Doctor Who story. I mean, I, I agree this what this one of all of them. I think it was a it was possibly a missed opportunity to do the um, to do the pure historical. But I think I think there's this thing of you know, it's very it's very easy when you're writing something like this and uh, and you're trying to make it into a Doctor Who a Who story, um, which I think this was to lose. I think I think it's e- it's easy to make missteps in in what you're saying without without necessarily mm. being aware of being aware of how it comes across and the, the fact you're taking it down a different different route. And I, I think you know to, um, I'm not saying you're wrong in your, criticism. you know, no one's right or wrong in their critiques. But I think it's you know I think it's something one needs to bear in mind, and one can't. And I I know I've been accused of this myself in the past. in, in critiquing things, of you know, of thinking, oh well, it's not what I would have written necessarily, and, and critiquing something for what it's not rather than what it is, perhaps. Mm. But, but having said which, um, yeah, on a more positive, and I, I quite like the way they handled the 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 whole milieu, and given that it wasn't going to be a massively, the, the moment we heard that this story was being done, and we got we got wind of it. There was a lot of speculation and and everyone who you know the faction of fandom who are who are kind of e- seem eager to leap on leap on this new era as being, oh, it's all going to be politically correct and tub thumping messages and so on, were writing the story in their heads and saying, "Oh yeah, well, obviously the doctor is going to turn up and be immediately accused of being a witch, and it's all going to be about and it is all going to be that story about how." The you know how misguided misguided mm. the witch hunts were, and um, and I, I quite I quite like the fact it didn't go down that route. It wrong footed us kind of from the from the start. I mean, I think it was Andrew Ellard on Twitter, you know, oh, hello. pointed <clears throat> out the um <laughs> pointed out you know not many people thought that the witch finders at the title were going to turn out to be the Tardis crew. I quite like the fact, and then then when the Doctor did, you know did get you know, inevitably did get accused of being a witch, um and ducked around the you know, wherever that was about the halfway point or whatever. That was a story beat, but it wasn't the entire point of the story up until then. And mm. and I quite liked that and I also quite liked that at the heart of it, you know there was also it was a triangle in terms of the guest acts it was very much aside from Aside from King James, it was very much a story of this triangle—the triangular relationship between between the three women.
3: Hmm. That's uh, that's very intelligent stuff, Charles. Even though you did steal mm-hmm. it from Andrew Loud. No, I like it. I think <laughs> when I watch it again, which I probably should do before I come on here and get paid to speak about it. I'm getting paid, aren't I? I will, I'm sure I will bear all that in mind.
2: Well, you
1: tell yeah. me I? I thought? It was a very good sort of even handed mm-hmm. episode for all the cast as you well. Know, they all got involved at different levels and they, all, they they could all show what they did in this one. What they could do in this one you know. so as well. enjoyable mm-hmm. for that point having writers with previous nice episodes where someone you know, has just been a spare part in
3: the background. I they all got involved in this one. Mm, yeah. I shouldn't I should give it that, shouldn't I? As I've moaned about that so much. It was not. it was Yeah, it was structured nicely. It was a nice competent bit of action adventure television mystery Television, which isn't always.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, and, but, I think it I mean I've just been to- toying in my or, or trying to chew over how would you make it a pure historical. I mean, clearly you can't hope to to persuade all the characters that looking for witches is a bad idea because historically that didn't happen. So I suppose you'd, <laughs> it would have to be mm. the Doctor and crew running from. Yeah, there's no Rosa you know,
3: Parks moment in the history of.
0: Yeah, you, you, it's going to have to be an escape type one, I guess, and possibly change the mind of one person whilst m- the majority, you know, are, are going to continue with their belief. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what pushed the the alien story.
3: Now, I, I I still think that that is a missed opportunity. I I, I don't think I'm critic- I'm trying not to criticise it for what it wasn't, but I do, th- and I, I know it's not quite as simple. To tell a story about, I mean, because it's not like it's about structural misogyny in the same way that the other two historicals were obviously about racial intelligence and religious intelligence. It's not quite e- so easy to get a handle on what is the root cause of. Well, of given, this, given w- that they decided to make yeah. epi- epidemic.
2: Hmm. Sorry, sorry, Paul. I was just going to say, hmm. especially given that they, um, the way they interrupted, oh, the way they structured it with with Becca Savage, you know, Shavon Fineman leading the Leading the persecution kind of thing, you know it was like if you again you'd have expected there to be a, that to be a male world if it had been yeah if it had been about that
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, but that's um that's like if the big twist in Roser had been that the racist was was black, but no, i don't know i I still think there's an interesting story to tell there where you there are no monsters, and mm. that I think would make it much clearer. You would be able to much more clearly deal with changing the minds of one or two misguided people, and that could be yeah. a nice character-based story. And I still think it's confusing to spend the first half of the episode with us, cl- you know, just shouting at the screen. You, you medieval fools! There are no witches. These are j- oh, hang on, mm. but there are super. There's nothing supernatural going on, you fools. <laughs> no, a- well, apart from the a- apart from the aliens, <laughs> and here we are sat here in the twenty-first century saying. <laughs> The, they're op, they're zombie aliens, not witches. You can't mm. tell the difference. It's a completely different thing. So that yeah, I wouldn't have. I don't think I don't think it's helpful. But if I watch it again, maybe I'll discover that the writer was bearing that in mind and I just missed it. I don't know. You know what I mean about how I'm. In case I haven't made myself clear enough, another example. What I'm trying to get at: the Third Doctor is constantly telling people there's no such thing as magic, he, mm. but there is science fiction magic. There is in his yes. in the same stories things. That are science that is sufficiently advanced that it looks like magic. Well, indeed, so, yes. So he's not really that justified in shouting at people for thinking it's yeah. magic. How, because how are they supposed to know it's hyperdimensional this or transtemporal that mm-hmm. and not magic? So you know, a bit unfair. And that sort mm-hmm. of thing winds me up, and it just rec- it's a recurring motif from mm. from some writers.
0: Okay, so anything else that we want to talk about in the Witchfinders before we move on? Oh. So I, I'll pick up. Um, Three things that um, I spotted. So the first one was that Willa. She can dig a bit, can't she? <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my giddy aunt! Yes, that, that
0: she, 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 had a, she had a grave in what about fifteen minutes? Mm. Yep,
3: definitely. There is no way around that. It was literally the time it took them to walk up to that house, mm. and, yeah, yeah, and back.
1: It's the holding spiral carpets, Manchester Lincoln's thing, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Um so second thing was uh, the doctor's better at swimming than she is at running. <laughs> um she, she she seemed to to, to get some uh, some good swimming in there when she's trying to rescue um the old woman. Mm. Mm. True that. And uh, the third thing was in the end you know why why is Becca savage less worthy of saving than anyone else? I mean it, it seems like the 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 doctor's very hard on her. But you know, everyone else was witch finding as well. Don't know. It just seemed just seemed a little bit harsh that. Mm.
2: Did she get a choice? And did she? Because it's James that um that deals the fatal blow, isn't it? And um, because the queen refuses to leave her body, mm. so I'm not sure whether um. Hmm. Interesting question.
0: Okay, and then and I guess one 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 last thing was I quite liked the very flat team structure thing. She threw in a couple of times. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's quite a funny line. Mm,
2: yeah. Um I'll I'll throw in three little minor minor points then. Um one of which was the whole no horses thing. Now was that a that that line about no horses, <laughs> is that a um is that a is that an obvious budget saver?
3: And, well, um, I was very worried that it was. It mm. seemed, I'd rather they hadn't mentioned it at all. As,
2: as, 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 as my know. pal Ian says, is that how they afforded? Is that how they afforded Alan Cumming? Because they'd because uh, they'd eaten all the horses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they used the horses on the on the uh, Demon's didn't mm, they? Yes. So, oh, yeah. Was,
2: mm.
3: No, that's bizarre. I mean, if they hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have thought about well, it. Well, they whereas, did. Yeah, yes, fairly yes, sure we exactly. all thought. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, it was it rather flagged up flagged up something that didn't need to be flagged up, didn't it? Yeah. Um, Don't spare the horses! Well, unless, it's, unless it's genuine historical detail that some people went mad eating horses during famines and things. Hmm. Um, but, which obviously could have.
3: How was that presented? Was it another one of those things that the Doctor raises as a clue that something weird's going on, which half the time fall a bit flat for me. Did she say, no horses, what's going on? This is something weird. Ooh. Aliens, there's no horses! Or was it not? I can't remember. Shh.
2: That I can't remember, I'm afraid. Uh, it's I, uh, hmm. a hazard of yeah. Should have done a rewatch. Uh,
0: uh, exercise for the for the listener.
2: Yes indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um second thing, which is only only a silly thing, but I'm I'm looking at the um I've got the Wikipedia page open as my um as an aid memoir for um, cast members and things like that. And um and I noticed that um that's Grandma Twiston is the second character in Doctor Who's history to have been credited as Old Mother?
0: Oh, ah,
2: Old Mother Twiston. <laughs> well, very good. Treading the footsteps of Eileen Way. And yeah. the third thing, which I, um, which is a slightly more serious comment, just that I, I quite like the way it was handled. Was the, um, the whole thing with King James and um, and his his man crush on Ryan. <laughs> And I quite that liked, was nice I, I yeah. quite liked the way that was all done and um it was there if you wanted to. they obviously weren't gonna hammer it over the head, I guess, um mm. but um but it was quite it was <laughs> it was quite nice that it was there and I couldn't quite figure out whether Ryan was um was aware of what was in, what was being implied or um or not. But um but yeah, I quite liked the way that was handled and I felt it was some um, it was nice to give Ryan a, a bit of business and a bit of some some interesting little Work, a little subplot mm. to work with there when he's been somewhat ill-served at times I think, of, of all of them uh, he's possibly been the one that's had to stand around being the third wheel at
1: other times so, mm.
0: Yeah. OK, are, are we ready to move on to It Takes You Away?
3: Take It Away I was, yes. was very keen on this by and large, Great. Okay. And I, well, yeah, there you go. I didn't even give me warning for that, did I? Did you fall <laughs> off your chair? No. i um, yeah. I tell you, I can sort of tell you why. Uh, it kept me. <laughs> it did a few things that I that I demand of drama. It kept me interested. Kept me wondering what was happening. It delivered twists and turns that that were satisfying. And didn't make me think, oh, what on earth have you done that for, or where did that come mm-hmm. from? It just did <laughs> it just did proper drama things it was was not in any way typical doctor who it had a sort of fairy tale quality reminiscent mm. of a few few episodes in the Moffat era they didn't always always work i mean some of them were re- Moffat had his own fairy tale angle on doctor who but then sometimes yeah. some of the other writers he hired would uh, people uh, especially people from a non-science fiction background would come in with some <laughs> slightly fantasy fairy tale approach to the mm. program which i you get the impression that the script editor or, or Moffat himself would give it a tiny polish and say, "Well, that, that's just enough of a sci-fi polish to make that work in Doctor Who." Let's go for it. And this felt like one mm. of those to me, but it was one of the best because it was also it combined that with it had a good. The point of it was exploring our characters, and that's something that we haven't had quite enough of. Mm, from my yes, taste, this yeah. series, we finally got some payoff for some of the th- for some of Graham and Ryan's issues, but. I thought the combination of, it didn't feel, you couldn't tell that's where it was going right from the opening. That that was like a, a, mm. a nice bonus, but not a tax-on bonus. It, the whole thing did feel organic. And it, and it was just intriguing. Lots everywhere that it could have just settled for something commonplace, there was something interesting. So the, the uh, whatever the, that strange netherworld mm. between the two universes was, was the interesting. The, the I mean, the they didn't zone. have to put... <laughs> a creepy golem esque alien mm. inside it, which I mean, if, if I was feeling less charitable, I could say that didn't really fit with the tone of the rest of it. But I enjoyed all that. That was one of the most interesting alien representations we've seen for a while. It's not mm. incredibly original. It. But I, I do like. I'm a sucker for that kind of um, broken.
0: Was that alien one of the same ones from Episode One, but without the teeth, or is it completely different? Oh, good. well, they've uh, they've all looked a I... bit
3: Star Trekky, haven't they? They've all been a bit ridges on face this year, so I, I'm not sure. Sh- I couldn't say. I didn't the think doc- so. Wouldn't the, doc- yeah, but, wouldn't the doctor mm. have said something if she'd have gone? Mm. You remember our friend Tim Shaw? This is another. What are they called again? Stensa. La, S- La Senza. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the people we thought yeah. were going to be the running theme after they were mentioned two, yeah. it's running and mm. then never showed up again. I don't know. I th- I, 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 haven't, I haven't watched episode one for so long I can't remember what they look like. I do, It just sort of crossed my mind that it might be one of them, but then I guess it couldn't be for the very same reason you've mentioned.
3: Well, imagine if it had been Tim Shaw and that's where he'd been sent, mm. flung f- far, but he went. He got sent back home, didn't he? So forget that. No, look, shut up. This it was very good. Yeah. Nice, nice performance by the actor Kevin Eldon. The actor Kevin Eldon, indeed. Yes, finally. <laughs>
2: Yes, um, I was watching for a couple of minutes, thinking he he seems familiar, and then I um, then I thought, my God, it's the actor Kevin Eldon. Excellent. Um, yeah.
3: Another tiny moment of unne- unnecessarily graphic horror with his demise, which reminded me of the first few episodes where which were surprising people by. Hmm. Yeah. But um, I thought it all came came together very nicely. Uh, Graham. It was one of my favourite outings for Graham. He lived up to some of the promise that hasn't always been there. He definitely got all the best lines. And um, mm. between being having the funniest lines and the most emotive arc, I thought it gave Bradley Walsh lots to do. Yes, it's like a it's another one of those stories that demonstrates to me that the best way of approaching a 50-minute Doctor Who is with what I call a short story idea. You can't cram a a novel or a full a four you know even a full part story down i mean the witch the witch story to me felt like an attempt to cram a traditional four-part story down into two parts and it ends up bulging out at the seams here we've got a nice simple high concept story Mm -hmm. i think the only thing that the only thing i didn't like was the long section of techno babble where the doctor explained what the uh, what the precise yeah. name and composition of this sentient universe was. It's... um, I mean, I, in my own small way, I struggle with this as a writer. I, how... Whether to let... If if you've got an idea that feels more fantasy, you're probably be better off under-explaining it and explaining it in fantasy terms. If you're writing a hard sci-fi story, fine, put in all the details. Sometimes if you j- attempt to find some common ground, it's not entirely satisfying. And here, I didn't. I loved the... Mm. I, 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 they were going in the right direction at first with the idea that it was a a uh, bedtime story from the doctor's childhood. Mm, yes, but mm. I just thought there was a bit too much techno babble, and they spent a bit too long explaining it. Mm. But but you know, Doctor Who isn't hard science fiction. It's a broad church, no pun intended, <laughs> and um, and the idea of a a sentient sub universe, another dimension, which. <laughs> which wants to be friends with our universe but can't. I mean it's just a beautiful idea. I like mm, it. I think mean, it's yeah. gonna be very divisive. I mentioned some people won't like that, but you know, as I say, broad church. So somebody else. Trials. Uh, oh okay. I was
2: uh yeah, no, I've just um I watched it earlier this evening before we recorded and um yes, I can only echo what Paul said I often say I can only echo and then add stuff of my own. No, I really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, it felt like it picked up, and finally, a, a lot of pleasers fell into place. I wonder. I gather that it was actually filmed as filmed in block one at the same time as as the woman who fell to earth, or roughly roughly the same oh, right. time. Um, so it, so so someone was telling me, but um, I, I... It looked like the same old set of woods, didn't it? Really ah, I'm not sure whether it's the same old set of woods. I think. It, I You're think telling it was me that a... wasn't Norway. No, no. <laughs> so was a different... it
0: was different. A... It didn't match, did it? With the thing at the top, the, the picture of the fjord didn't match with everything else. Oh well. Uh, well, it was
2: a different set of yes. It was definitely more piney, more coniferous than um yeah. than um. That's that's about as far as my knowledge of trees goes, really. <laughs> Deciduous versus coniferous, I can just about tell that and um. No, I felt um, yeah. Once again, it looks like Jamie Charles is the definitely the standout director here. Um, he, he managed to make it look, you know, he ma- he made it look great in the same in the same but different way that um, Demons of the Punjab and Woman Who Fell to Earth all looked great. Mm-hmm. And so it, it felt like it was elevated in that in that sense. And it really just felt like uh, it was funny. It was rather odd that it wasn't from from chibnall's own pen because it felt like okay here's someone who actually has read the series bible such as it is and has picked up on all the character plots and points and and that there were things that related and he has got to have a line about something that she had some experience that related to
3: her yeah. police policewoman
2: training um
3: <laughs> for pretty much the first time i've got to be honest though it's it's not that difficult for any writer even with a a serious Bible written on the back of a fag oh, pack yes. to, yeah, to yeah, put I know. in well, details can... like that, so it's mm. for me, it doesn't so much show anything about the quality of this one as about how little effort some of the other rods have put in. But sorry, I,
2: yeah, no, I would, yeah, I would, yes, I can, I can, yeah, I, I would agree. But with I know, it.
3: I know what you mean. I guess the bigger point about the I fact would, that it I would paid, agree with it, that, Paul. It, 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 it was it probably re- paid re- off great.
2: It was refreshing that it, that it's that it came after 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 several episodes where the characters where the characters have kind of had to you know freewheel on just being likable like (laughs) it's i don't i don't want to diss them but you know the likable ciphers slightly they're just the doctor's friends and in this one it felt like okay there's a thing and then ryan has a thing that's to do with his daddy issues um and then graham has as you say a a brilliant great subplot that really picks up on things that you know you felt there was there was some psychological depth to it, which has been missing at points of the series, and it felt like, yeah, it felt like this was the kind of thing that I expected if Chibnall was going to live up to his reputation as the writer of Broadchurch, rather than rather than the writer of some not terribly well-received Doctor Who's um, in the in the Moffat and David yeah, Moffat and Davis era. That felt like this was the kind of thing that I I was kind of expecting and hoping that. That finale of, of Doctor Who would be would be. Um, I
3: in, I entirely agree there. Mm. So, it, as you say, it would be interesting to know whether the writer spontaneously chose to do a very in-depth character piece, or if he was, you know, that, that commission came from mm. a generous producer saying, "You you have that." I.
2: Yeah, because it just so, felt like, and it's it, we've touched on it a couple of times when the, the business with Grace's ghosts in in um, Arachnids. Um, mm. Although it was sli- that was slightly, you know, slightly off, off, off tone with the rest of the, um, you know, with the rest of that being rather more of a romp, but, um, but, but yes, that, that was the kind of thing. That was what I really wanted to see in Chivalry Doctor Who. I was hoping, I was hoping we were going to get that kind of emotional realism a bit more, you know, and, and pick up on, you know, and the kind of thing that Russell. Russell T was um something of a master of, but you know, but with a different take on it. Obviously mm-hmm. one can't go back, but but you know, as opposed to the last few years where we have had we have had rather a lot of stuff that's been emotionally thrown away. And so so I really like that. I yeah, again I really enjoyed the the setting and the concept I thought was was very nice and they managed to make it look good. I like the wacky frog, um, which I know is. <laughs> mm. I believe I've seen. Them. <laughs> I believe some. Um, you know, I've seen a bit of fun being poked in that direction, but I'm, I'm, but yes, yeah, so I, th- I thought it was um, unexpected and <laughs> rather fun,
0: and um, mm. and I might also have to come
3: back to the frog.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, S- Simon, have you have you oh. got anything for us? Well, that's a very
1: high brow. Reviews there, it's quite hard to follow that, but um, Joe earlier and Richard about some, like an old gramophone record. I think it's time for all the listeners to grab their best bits by the 78. Um, I seem to love this series one week and then the next week. This <laughs> cold, I've never been a fan historically of sort of mind bending stories that pop up on every series of. Uh, and a warmly applauded movie on for the month of you. and this, this seems to be the most mind bending story in this, in this series. Um bit of a cynic. I I thought, that's never the way in winter. And then I never I never, I never never got too approach with the story all the way through. And I didn't, much as I love, I love that Kevin Eldon pops up a lot, each fan of them is a mm-hmm. I think it was nice that, that Ryan and Graham came together. I almost comes across as a work each week, unfortunately, and I'd had enough of it by India, so that, that almost wasn't yeah. enough to redeem. She called me grand Grandaddle, and that should have been a lovely moment. But I, mean, I was really pleased when the blind girl whacked him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because
1: I've been doing, dying to do that myself a few years. When about whether that was killed or married, that seemed to be a sort of nervous, uncertain um, doctor at the start And then she began to find her feet to the things that were still and she became more certain, assertive, and certain about what she's But she's in the horrible hyper flurry when she steps out of the TARDIS, which, which is great for me in this series. I, I get the point that some other people made that, yeah, she's fine, you know, there's been a regeneration and she's flying away way and you see a little bit of talent in her and a bit of Matt I um, don't hope, you know, almost to the end of the series, I would have hoped she'd have found her own way of portraying the character. Mm. And it seemed to be another sort of flappy, felt sort of start to So but then then she settled down and it, it, it got better. Stronger performance. Right? Yeah,
3: I do know... I know what you mean there. I mean, I I didn't bother mentioning this because I ultimately ended up enjoying it. But at the beginning, there were a few lines of The Doctors where I was just thinking, oh, for goodness. There's one of the problems I've got is some of her jokes, her comments, they're they're framed like they're jokes. They're supposed to be funny, and they just aren't. They're just bizarre. So the nonsense she talks... If you're going to pick Um, a fight
2: over the Woolly Rebellion, I'm I'm going to have words with you. Ah,
3: no, not that one. There was just some (laughs) some other random throwaway thing that... I'm oh, sorry, without uh, without giving you examples, I can't. As a advisor. In the, in the line? spirit of, um, that was all right. There were worse ones, but it is. Yeah. They're they're a bit random as jokes. They don't really. F- I can't really work out where they're founded. They're not. They're not. They're not true, but mm. the, but they're not framed like the sort of jokes that. I mean, are we supposed to believe that Gallifreyans don't have the same sense of humour as us? She's trying to make jokes that her human companions will understand, but she's getting it slightly wrong. The, equivalent, the Gallifreyans equivalent of a dad joke. That would make sense to me, but they don't work as proper jokes for me, personally. But anyway, I mean, but she stopped if, if doing it. If it's right
0: so. that this, that this was recorded fairly early in the in this series, then perhaps that, that helps to explain why uh, it feels a bit more uneven compared with some of the ones we've seen more mm. recently. But yeah, I mean, I I thought the performance was a bit off to start off with, and it did seem to settle down as the, as the story went on. Um, I mean, my my um, take on this particular episode. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about the influence of of the Sarah Jane Adventures, or at least you know the the sort of the, the feel of that. This one seemed to me to be very like class, um, you know, from a couple of years ago. The whole. Popping into a parallel dimension, and and just really the the the, the feeling of of that um, series. That was c- kind of what uh, I got out of it. Interesting. It. I.
3: Just tonally or the quality? Because I must admit I didn't watch you, class, so I'm, to wa- I'm wondering if I've missed a treat there, based on what you said.
0: Tonally, yeah. I mean, it. it well, it it was. You know it was a, I, I suppose the character of the girl in this was about the same age maybe as the characters in class, obviously Ryan and uh, well actually, having said that, I mean although although the actors are quite a lot older, maybe Ryan um, and Yaz are supposed to be about the same age, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah,
3: um, I have the uncomfortable feeling they are supposed to be. <laughs> so yeah. whenever Yaz stands in an unflattering light, I just there's something in the back of my voice shouts, "Is she really supposed to be 19?"
0: But anyway, yeah. I mean, I mean, we know from the podcast earlier this week that she's thirty. Yeah. Well, she's looking good on it, but she doesn't look nineteen Yeah, yeah. She Doesn't look nineteen yeah, yeah. either. Mm. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I guess you know, I, oh, I quite liked it, but I, but I, but it, it didn't it didn't um, win for me this week. I, 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 I sort of I liked bits of it, but I didn't feel like the whole of it kind of held together for me.
3: Okay. Talking of missed opportunities, if we had the missed opportunities section, I think somebody else um, mentioned this. Um, I didn't despise the frog, but I was slightly nonplussed that it was Grace, Grace's voice, because why would the Doctor care? The Doctor wouldn't be that bit bothered that it was Grace, let alone that it was a frog. I mean, mm. it was just so many steps removed. I mean, it, it was a bit random. And it would have made more sense if it, was something, if it had manifested itself as something that would have meant something to the Doctor, a character. And I'm not just saying that because I want some old continuity thrown in. I just genuinely think it might have had more impact. I'm, I'm going to be wondering about why they chose a frog. An actual frog. <laughs> a, a, a frog-sized frog on a chair. Yeah. I'm going to be wondering about that for a long time. Because the Doctor makes so many knowing references to how bizarre it is that a universe is disguised as a frog. Just a thought. But, but it doesn't matter how many times she said it, I still kept thinking... <laughs> Why have you done that?
2: Is it a is it a reference to the frog who dreamt he was a man who was dreaming he was a frog?
3: Well, thing? I can only assume there's something much much. There must something be a good like reason that. for it. That little right,
2: that little is, philosophical.
3: Is conundrum. it a frog in in that conundrum in that? Yes, old saw. I believe I right. believe in that old saw. It's the yes. Well, in that case, I would have probably had somebody to be mention honest, it. I, yeah, it's not it's not too subtle a program. To, for yeah. somebody to have mentioned it earlier in the episode, I, I just then, just just a thought that seemed that to be. Would have, yeah. that would have then been thematically very resonant, rather mm. than just a. Eh? But I hope you can, I hope you can buy them. Are we having a section on talking about the companions later or not?
0: Well, if you want to talk about them, oh, talk about them now, it's just it's,
3: it's fresh in my mind, and it's just reinforced, I hate to say it, but I mean with every passing week I get more convinced that that Yaz is a very good actress and Ryan isn't a particularly good actor I don't want to be unkind to him, but he just misses so many opportunities to she did a very interesting thing with a single line of dialogue uh, tonight Uh, when Graham said I'll thump her and Yaz's response was no you won't and then short pause, I will yeah, mm. I, I, My instinct was that in the script, they probably didn't have that pit, that beat there, and that she introduced that, and it was unexpected. There's a really obvious way to say that line, and she said it in a much more interesting way. So it's tiny little things like that that make me think, you're a keeper. Mm. Whereas mm. Ryan trampled on a joke elsewhere, <laughs> <laughs> which lost him another couple of points from me. But, you know, oh, well. Hmm. Unfortunately, he's got to hang around because he's got the connection with Graham. I mean, if we if anybody just came in and said we need to, you've got too many numerically. We need to lose someone. I'm worried that it would be Yaz, whereas
1: mm. Mm.
3: because she hasn't, you know,
1: she's far more she's, uh, she's far more three dimensional, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, it's absolutely laughable as well because. With all the characters on. I've been hard on right. He he had a good introduction. I, th- I thought Yaz had the best introduction of all. And um, yeah, I, I guess it's just the time format. They, they try and cram too much in. I don't think there's enough space for you know, travelers, three companions, and friends, or whatever you want to to, to fit in there. So I guess we're going to look back at the series so far shortly. But I can't find it wildly inconsistent. Fantastic one kind can of particular companion as is great, it's nice, just getting lovely, Just wonder what doing there. And I'm sure they can all out. Jamie, when he travelled, yeah, sure he was a bit dumb because he came from the past, but he was very lovable. He was heroic. Mm. I'm trying to think what Ryan's qualities are really. I, don't, I don't think he's getting off the In the Rosa story he was so he was pretty heroic, and that he played a big part yeah. in everything out. But since then, I, I you know hasn't had a
0: great deal to do or to save. Him. Yeah, I mean, he was he was particularly unlovable this week, wasn't he? <laughs> and I mean, and that and that's that was, I suppose, deliberately so. I mean, he he, he was he, you know he he was, he was he was working with the lines there, but but yeah, it wasn't particularly um, um, encouraging you to like the character. Are you talking about his first interaction with the Norwegian girl?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm. Um, I'm glad they didn't hammer home. I'm not glad he didn't ever explain why his reaction was what it was, because we all know. So it wouldn't have served anything other than just to bog the story down if he'd mm, yes. you know, gone on a lengthy ex- rant or explanation about his own dad, father issues. Mm. So you know, little bit, little mm. things like that, give me hope
0: for the future. Yeah. I was a little bit worried about the the vampire moths because um, they seemed to be not very good at following that globe thing. No, it's they, a bit, they, a bit they, inconsistent, they, wasn't it? Their abilities. They, they, duck, they ducked into an alcove with the globe thing, and somehow the moths just kept <laughs> flying down the corridor. Despite the fact it was the only sort of source of life. Yeah, I mean, in the whole place. If there had been
3: some minor explanation for how they covered it up, even just somebody throwing their jacket over the top of it, anything, yeah. then it would have been an extra story beat rather than the sort of. Isn't it strange how the tiny little moments like that, if you get them right, it can be a story beat, a bonus. One, yeah, and if you get them wrong. It can make people. It can just snap you out of the suspension of disbelief. It's so frustrating. Mm. Mm. Sorry, that's. I just put my script editor hat on there. Shall I take it off again? Yeah. <laughs> it's slowing us down.
2: Uh, with regard to the um, the whole anti-zone area, um, I was going to say, is there a um, is that a bit of a callback to uh, Planet of Evil? There, it rather well, the- um, it rather reminded me of the Blackpool. And um, which fascinated me so much, reading the novelisation, and then disappointed me so much watching. The <laughs> <laughs> when I finally got to see yeah. the
3: story on it di- on video, it would definitely could have been antimatter if it, if the writer had gone a different direction with it. Mm. Because mm. they decided to make up some new bollocks science rather than using, yes. <laughs> <and> misusing <laughs> well, some I didn't, real. Science. I,
2: I quite like the, <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. But I quite like the. Um, I quite like the idea. It was a bit of a callback, and one could one could view the. One could view the planets of evil and that that pool and everything as being a similar bridge kind of bridging zone uh, between two universes that weren't meant to be in contact.
3: Um, Again, it's nice to see things like mirrors and wardrobes and everything, which is the stuff of fairy tales Mm. and and Narnia being... uh, Not that it was in the wardrobe, they didn't go quite
0: that far. But... um, Good stuff. I I had, again, one or two other points so we've 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 talked about the vampire moths um the um the solid track thing you know that was that was a little bit irritating to me that that the doctor remembers from her youth the story about something that was a bit like this and then it happens to be exactly that yes um yes you know again I, i feel like that could have been um i th- better dealt with. I feel
3: like that's the sort of thing that, and I don't know who wrote the, the background is, if the writer is, but I, it strikes me the sort of trap that a non-science fiction writer falls into. I could be wrong. It, I sometimes, sometimes even writers who are well versed in the history of the program make the same mistake. They, they don't. Some writers' instinct is if you've invented something, if you thought something up, and then you realise there was already a very similar equivalent in the history of programming you make it the same thing others will re- react against that and think no mm. um th- mine's mine's original i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna pretend it's different i'm gonna write this yeah. as if it's different even though it's virtually the same as the other thing they did yeah. 10 or 20 or 30 years ago you know what mm-hmm. i mean and it's it's frustrating when they do the latter and yeah. b- but it's more frustrating when in context in the narrative people react as though it must be equivalent and as though all those things are a bit like this never happened so I I agree with you there it's
0: well I mean I guess it's a bit like um, in Starsky and Hutch when they you know they, they meet somebody 150 episodes into the run and they say bob oh look it's bob you know every week (laughs) we meet bob and you know he's down we're down the bar with bob all the time Mm. i mean you know you've never seen bob because we just happened to happen to be you know in the story at that particular moment when we were with bob but we're always with bob i mean you know it's bob Mm. and and 55 years into the program of multiple parallel universes, we happen to have to happen upon the particular parallel universe that is the solid tract, yep. which is the thing that her granny told her about. Um,
3: and yeah, I mean, that, and to get there, the doctor has to spend a long time saying, "I can't imagine what this is. I don't understand. This is so weird. It's so bizarre. I've never seen anything like this." And we all, and that's fine for the new viewers they've picked up this year. Who, that yeah. they obviously, you know, haven't made it family friendly. And
1: talk about missed opportunities. That moment with the tourite monsters uh, ghost one man, where they, they whisper something to the doctor about having something
0: rather other child or mm, yes. wasn't wasn't that the moment to, to sort of link it to the solitround? Yeah.
3: Well, it should have been. Because Yeah, yeah. Because something this big again it's uh, it always disappoints me slightly when a massive idea like this is introduced and thrown not went. I, I, I was gonna say thrown away, introduced and dispensed with, dealt with all in the space of one episode and not mm. even not even a season finale, you know? It's um like the moon is an egg. That had so many other problems. That's big problem wasn't that it was a big idea, it was that it was Piffle. A bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> a big bad
2: I didn't I thought I thought mm. in the context of this I I didn't i I know I certainly sympathize with the question that you know with the with the issue you're raising, but in this case it didn't it doesn't bother me even on reflection all that much because the nature of that universe is such that it can't if it's mutually incompatible then you've got a very good reason why why it's kind of ever come into contact with our universe before mm. and yeah um so it slightly solves itself but i i Hmm. I agree with it's slightly- I, I agree with your your general problem that I, <laughs> it certainly generally grates with me when one when they create a some kind of paradox that or problem that is going to that is on a universe universe threatening scale, and dispose of it hmm. within yeah you know, within the space of a forty five minute
0: episode. Yeah, I mean Hannah's dad is possibly the most evil person we've come across this series. <laughs> <laughs> because he's you know he tortured, torturing his poor daughter. Yeah. she's the girl of yeah. the
1: guide
0: daughter
3: His poor blind daughter. <laughs> For mm. it been bad enough if he if she had any hope of actually uncovering his shenanigans. But she's that's yes. horrible. <laughs> A horrible man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, so, I knew this I mean, plan. Really... Would, I knew this plan would work because you're blind, my daughter, and you will never. I don't know what accent that was. Yeah. <laughs> you will never <laughs> understand. <laughs> what a tinker I yeah, am, a bastard. Yes. I mean,
0: they should have. They should have. They should have been calling social services, really, mm. rather than just nipping back to their artists. Um, but there we go. Mm. So I mean, so, so my other thought. I mean, I, I hesitate to bring it before you now, but it's been going round in my head all day. And it's this. I, I have this awful fear that Tim might have been right. So and I, so I'm I'm hey, gonna I'm gonna hey, kind hey, of I, explain this to no. you. No, right. Yeah. In the year when everyone is you know sort of moaning about the female doctor and you know what's going on with the show, they they have this this image in this particular episode of look, here are some people who look awfully like the people that. They are, you know, that you think they are, but actually they aren't the same people. They, they you know, they, they're quite like it, but not actually like it. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know what? 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 Tim was saying on the Grumpcast of for him that he, you know the series is dead to him because it's because it's changed. They're taking an taking an awful risk, but I think by showing that scenario of people actually thinking, well, hang on a minute, this does look a bit like Doctor Who, and it's got a lot of the same elements as Doctor Who, but actually, is it Doctor Who? I don't know, and you know, so so just watching it last night, it kind of brought that that idea back to the fore of my head, which hasn't been there all year. I mean, I've 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 I went into this series really enthusiastic about it, and uh, you know, and certainly for the first few, I was particularly positive on this podcast. But you know, there are e- equally there are some things about it that that series that are a bit problematic. Anyway, look, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, just, just only. Quasi seriously, I'm 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 not being hugely serious about this, but it but but here's the thing that occurred to me. So the Doctor's regenerating in the end of C- series ten, and then he goes into the void in Twice Upon a Time. that looks a bit like the South Pole, but is it? I don't know. And then he meets <coughs> a bunch of dead people, including the first Doctor, that and he looks a bit like the first Doctor, but he doesn't act like him. And then there's a whole bunch of other people that are also dead that are turning out to be sort of funny alien things. And then he leaves there through a different, through a TARDIS, but is it the same one? I don't know. And then he regenerates into this doctor who's then kicked out of the TARDIS. I mean, if people wanted to. To say uh, this isn't the same show, they've been they've, they've given a lot of opportunities to think that it might not be. And I mean, I don't want to be one of those people. I want, I want this to be the show that I've loved for, for fifty odd years. But it's out there. Goodness me, mind good blown!
3: <laughs> Mike, Mike Drop. <laughs> do, you, do you know Mike Drop? I think we should get him on the podcast. He's, he's a good bloke. It
1: can become a family show again. It can attract a younger audience two mm-hmm. passed on from middle-aged Duffers like myself to the show. <laughs> to, to, to new fans, mm-hmm. sorry. And then um, yeah. you know, I'll have to let it go inevitably. It might not be a, might not be a show. Anymore. I mean, the whole thing about loving is suspending your sense of disbelief. And I'm sitting here on this podcast mocking things that are supposed to be in Norway and you know, Punjab <laughs> in Spain and things like that. But, you know, just going to go with the ride and if, it, if it's going in a new direction and there's someone else driving the
2: train,
0: I think we might need to
2: let it go mm. It's an interesting th- meta-theory meta Richard, but um, I think, <laughs> yeah And so far as I'm concerned, if it goes diddly-dum, diddly-dum at the start then it's um, it's Doctor Who yeah. Um, yeah. whether one, yeah, whether people like it or not to coin a phrase um, I think I think it's an interesting point, though, that the problem with Stephen Moffat, and he has many fine qualities as a writer, which I would acknowledge, even though his version of Doctor Who drove me up the wall at times. I think the problem is that he's, in some ways, he's such a spectacular writer in terms of being a being a master of construction and form, and you know, a you know, but he, he is, you know, he is very, very adept at doing a certain type of story. And I think the problem was always going to be, and it's a problem that only really could occur with Doctor Who because Doctor Who is the show where the people behind the scenes change every few years, and it tra- and with it they transform the show beyond recognition. You know, as opposed to say long running soaps and things like that, where the the changes are much more gradual and the the entire concepts. Behind the mm. behind the show doesn't change even if the staff of staff and the front of house characters are gradually changing the basic ethos doesn't change whereas Doctor Who has this thing hired wide in that that it does change every few years and we expect it to change completely and I think the problem with the, with having someone like Moffat who delights so much in subverting subverting the form in charge of that it was always going to be a hell of a a hell of a jolt, coming back to having someone else who doesn't write in that kind of way and who doesn't, do, you know, who do, mm. doesn't have that approach to story, because basically, if you if you're used to someone who's going to break things apart, and you can look at Moffat's other work, like Coupling is obviously, you know, Sherlock, Jekyll. you know, it delights him, you know, telling very very traditional sitcom stories, but but in breaking everything apart and saying, well, why don't why don't yeah. we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? And yeah. and obviously. It, you know, it's found, Doctor has found new fans through that, you know, Moffat has its own, you know, it's, it's attracted a, a certain type type of, you know, a group of new fans, and then there's been people like me, you know, probably some of the rest of us as well, who've, you know, certainly, we've gritted our teeth at times, and we thought, yeah, can we just have some more traditional storytelling, but it was always going to a problem in coming back to it, and really, with, with Moffat, it's the stuff he's done is great on his own when it's his own projects and it's something that he can just be be showrunner of and complete master of but for something mm. like Doctor Who and the, as I said there is only Doctor Who is the only thing that's like Doctor Who it's a it's a dangerous it was always going to be dangerous moments coming back to whoever had to follow Moffat unless they were going to mm. unless you were going to have someone who was going to completely try and ape his style and then and then you'd be stuck with Doctor Who being like the Moffat era for you know, forever, probably with, you know, rapidly diminishing returns. I think change is good and it might be a jolt to us coming down to a somewhat more simplistic style of storytelling, but I feel if it can if it can just get this you know, get the emotional side of things sorted out and and get some kind of emotional heft, which I felt this this week's episode started to promise. And mm. you know, unfortunately, it's a shame because it's a bit, it's a bit too late in the series to do that. Although we've had, we've had other other stories that have had emotional heft, but it's come from the, from the subplot. Rosa, you know, demons of the Punjab, obviously, as I've said, worked for me. But it's not really been, it hasn't really been the focus of that kind of water-cooled conversation. And I think, mm. you know, I can't help but think maybe the. Maybe the decision to really, really put the push arc stuff into the background was, you know, you don't necessarily need a need a huge plot arc of, you know, like the the bees are disappearing and Rose is tapping at the screen trying to get back into the, this universe and all of that kind of thing. You don't necessarily need need that kind of thing. But I think if you have a satisfying emotional arcs for the characters, and it just felt like they'd they set they set them up very nicely in episode one. And then it yeah. rather feels like they dropped they dropped them all and and have just suddenly picked them up this episode and um mm. but if they can get that right in the next if they can kind of carry that through to a decent resolution this maybe next week have a bit more building on it and and take that somewhere interesting next year, then hopefully hopefully we're starting to see see the way out of this difficult period what has been a mm. a difficult period. I think the problem is. It's always you know Doctor Who has always had a pretty toxic fandom or toxic elements to it since the nineteen eighties mm. and um and I guess with politics and stuff the way it has been, there was always gonna be that was gonna be amplified probably by by this point and by a lot of people coming off desperate for something fresh fresh after several years and um and then coming out and and not liking what they're getting fresh. But I think, yeah. but I think if the the series is is undeniably you know a hit and it's put, yeah. put things back at the top of the yeah you know and you know doing very well in the ratings
0: again, despite what naysayers are saying. Mm. Okay, well look, you've 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 talked me down back down from the roof, <laughs> so um, so that's good. So so I'll mention something something very briefly um, in terms of of Yorkshire Watch, which was. Um, that a- that last week, the Two Shot Podcast released an interview with Mandeep Gill, and it was very interesting in terms of her explaining what it was like to grow up in Leeds and and you know some of the prejudice that she suffered as a child. But uh, but I mean that that didn't necessarily come to the fore. It was just one of the elements From of being
2: it. born in Leeds.
0: Yeah. Well, no, 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 <laughs> because, <laughs> because because of her Indian oh, heritage. I see. Yes. Um, and and she's she's one also one generation closer to india than her character in the series so her parents um, came over from from india mm. but it, yeah i mean I, I i i thought that was that was an interesting interview so anyone listening to this who wants to know a bit more about uh, about, about mandeep and her background mm. You know, it, it gives you a bit of Yorkshire flavour. It gives you a bit of Indian flavour, and it tells you a bit more about where she's coming from. Uh, and she's not particularly like her character, but you know, it's always interesting interesting to know a little bit more about people. Mm. Um, and it and, and it, it had a lot more to say than, for instance, the the interview that she did for Doctor Who Monthly, which really just focused on on the show and 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 didn't yeah, say very two, much about her.
2: Podcast is great, and uh, Craig, Par- Craig yeah. Parkinson's the man. So yeah, yeah. Has he been? Has he been in Doctor
0: Who yet? Uh, I don't think so, but he ought, he to, really be. ought yeah. to be. He? We'll pu- yeah, we'll push for that mm. too. Uh, okay, so that was one thing. So I wanted to, really to ask you then two other questions, which which I guess I'll ask you to to answer briefly. So the first one is, how how do we feel that it's working as an as a series? I mean, we've had nine episodes out of ten, and clearly we'll have a better idea once we've had the tenth one. But I mean, you know, how how do you feel about the series as a whole so far?
3: Insubstantial. And it's inconsistent. They're all inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But um it's inconsistent in a way I can I can't even No, maybe it's more consistent than usual because it's more consistently insubstantial. There you go. <laughs> That's
1: carry on. <laughs> I'm finding find the quality inconsistent. So it's a really wrong collection line. <laughs> So one week on a loving watching. I'm family's mm. and watching and families enjoying it and the next maybe this mothic guy wasn't wasn't so bad Um worst <laughs> of all for most i with found a Doctor M is is generally the lack mm. of menace and the threat, and the aliens and all this that that seems to have really been downplayed. the I understand, you know, we don't want to keep reading really out directly this them just for the sake of it, the ever sense of the past, but because you've
0: introduced new medicines that are exciting, getting spread the Okay, and and uh, Giles, a brief thought. I've
1: probably said
2: quite a lot of what's Yeah, I've well, fully answered, sort of answered this question at length during my during my little rant, rant about <laughs> <laughs> Um But sure. yes, yeah, so I I guess I just yeah just reiterates basically. I feel I feel it's been lacking in there being a. Kind of substantial emotional arc, and I, I kind of feel like some some plot threads carrying over would have been would have been to its advantage in terms of in terms of building hype and yeah. things like that. So, when, you know, I um yeah, you know, remember remember back in two thousand and five, you know, the all the speculation that went on about Bad Wolf, and the vast majority of that was just based on, you know, based on throwaway mentions just thrown into each yeah. episode, and there wasn't really any linking. There wasn't any great linking no. theme, but we had enough. We had enough emotional stuff going on with the with the Doctor and Rose, but there was enough interest there on that side of things. Mm. And then suddenly people realised that things were falling into place, and I kind of was hoping that we were going to see something similar this
0: year. Sure, okay, and and uh, Paul, I've got one question for you mm. because um, when we got to the end of episode five we Said, oh, the next four episodes are none of them's chibnall, yep, uh, and you were looking forward to that. So, I just wondered how, how that sort of non chibnall period had worked for you.
3: Uh, five six seven, um, it wasn't as transformative as I was hoping. It, no, I don't think it made that much difference as much as I thought it would, which is interesting. Don't know what to read into that. I could read mm. in that he'd rewritten them all, but I don't think he has because he would have been credited because he was in episode three. Mm. Which no, they've
0: yeah. It's I mean I guess the reason I asked the question was that I had a similar kind of a feel. I, I, it didn't seem to me that the that the last four were so different from the five that preceded them. I mean you know there they were there were differences in them, but but you know, of a piece. Then the 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 whole se- the whole series seems sort of relatively similar to me.
3: Yep.
2: Just to be controversial, I'm going to say the opposite. That I've unfortunately I've enjoyed the um, the episodes by non tribunal authors with the exception of the woman who fell to earth, and I guess rose as a co as a co credit. I've enjoyed these mm. for a lot more than I have the um, the others. But okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So the last thing I, I wanted to do was just a, a silly little item, which is what's on your Doctor Who Christmas list? And the idea, I guess, was just either an item of merchandise or a, a wish for the series. i we allowed <laughs> to mention
2: Phil Morris at this point.
0: You may mention Phil <laughs> Morris. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start you off and say I'd like the Season 19 box set and Marco Polo, please. Hmm. I would like
3: Big Finish to uh, to produce a Paternoster Gang Christmas special <laughs> with all all <laughs> sleigh bells throughout the entire sixty minute runtime. Wouldn't that be good? And absolutely, no I'll set I'll set about thinking who could write that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have um, just discovered this very day. In terms of concrete items, I just discovered this very day that the BBC audio have. Um, are releasing a um, talking book of Doctor Who and the Invasion from Space, the uh, yes, Venerable yeah. Hartnell, um, the Venerable Hartnell pseudo annual from the nineteen sixties. So I, right. so I rather fancy having that, and um, I shall eschew Mr. Morris and his um, offerings because, um, as he says, yeah, things will come when they, when we least expect them. So, and um, I think yes, as a as a general aspiration, I would welcome a, um, a Series 12 that hopefully builds on the successes of the past year and, um, mm. and the, high points of the high points of the recent episodes and um, avoids some of the low points. Okay, thank you all.
3: Anybody going um, to anybody going to Missing Believed Wiped at the BFI? I, I am. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to this ten minute cartoon of the Wheel in Space because Me too. I don't go I don't go to see returned examples of old television. I go to watch cartoon. We did that one last get up, I can't get up early enough to watch them on C B B so uh, it's the only <laughs> opportunity I get. And also I hate the in space so much that I think ten minute version. It's a shame it's not the entire thing cut down to ten minutes, but uh, you know you can't have everything. Yeah, so I'll I'll be there for the first for the first session,
2: but um ironically I'm off to see um Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds instead of um instead of Phil Morris. So so Phil Morris mm. has been trumped by the Martians for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds excellent. Okay, so it's the end, and this time the moment was prepared for. So it's goodbye from me, Richard. Bye from and me. And goodbye from them. And it's goodbye, goodbye from us. Want... Yep. I'll <laughs> do.
2: Bye bye, Duggan.
3: I'm going to press the stop button. Golly. I think Simon's making a blancmange in the background. <laughs> Getting peckish.
0: Mm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's the loudest interference in the history of interference <laughs> are you still there Simon yeah uh, so, so so tell us what you thought about it takes you away um, can you come back to us Richard is that alright yeah sure
2: yes Localised freak weather conditions. <laughs> <laughs>